What is up, Championship Round listeners? Uh, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone who's been tuning in. Um, I've been getting some great feedback, and the most recent episode has had the most listens by far. Um, I'm really excited that you guys are interested in, in what we've got going on over here at Championship Rounds. Um, you know, we, we just launched on Apple Podcasts, so you can find us there. You can obviously find us on Spotify and on my website. Uh, a link to the Apple Podcast is in the bio of my Instagram. Um, you know, I post about the podcast all the time on my Facebook, so you can obviously find it there. So I've gotten some awesome feedback. A lot of people listening in, uh, a lot of people tuning in, so it's been really great. Uh, today we're going to take it back to a UFC-related topic. We're just going to talk about the origins of the UFC, and this is actually a really exciting episode because you're really going to want to tune in and, and pay attention to what the early days of the UFC looked like because it was absolute anarchy. A lot of people don't know about the early days. They just see you know the developed sport that's on TV, but to be honest, it was pretty barbaric back in the day, and I'm going to talk about that and just give you guys some uh, some details about it. And then at the end of the podcast, I'm going to I'm gonna go into a little rant uh, about something that I've been talking to my friends a lot about, and that rant is about whether or not I can beat uh, an 11-year-old LeBron James Jr. in a one-on-one -on -one game to 21 in basketball. Yeah, an 11-year-old LeBron James Jr. Okay, yes, it's LeBron James Jr., but he's 11 and I'm 6'3". Well, well, okay, we'll get into that later. Anyway, let's get into the origins of the UFC. So everybody knows UFC stands for the Ultimate Fighting Championship, okay? It's a, a combat sport of mixed martial arts, and there's tons of weight classes today. There's female fighters with four different weight classes. You know, it's developed into a real sport, sponsored by Reebok, Monster, Body Armor. Obviously, it's a very legit thing right now. And according to Dana White, the UFC is actually doing the most in revenue it's ever done this year. And he's saying the company's valued at about $7 billion after being bought out in 2016 for $4 billion. Personally, I'm not buying it, but, you know, we'll just... Uh, We'll just we'll just believe him for now. Typically, whenever Dana says something, and you know the first thing he says is a lie, then the second thing is the truth. Um, anyway, this is not obviously how it started. So the UFC actually began in the early '90s when someone named Art Davey and um, Horian Gracie. And um, by the way, this is all coming from memory. I'll let you guys know if I look something up. But this, this was when uh, Art Davey and Horian Gracie were looking for something where they could have a, a type of tournament where any fighters among a variety of disciplines could take part, right? So you have your jiu-jitsus, you have your Muay Thai, you have your kickboxing, you have your boxing, you got your wrestlers. Anything, any fight discipline that anyone had, they could join in on this tournament and compete and try to win and, and try to make it to the finals. And this is absolutely ridiculous too because a lot of the times these fighters would fight multiple times in one day you know nowadays ufc fighters have like a required two to three months they have to take off after a fight and it can even be great they could get suspended for six months if the fight was particularly damaging to their body so that's also something people don't know is you know when these fighters get injured and they get beat up and they go through a five-round war the ufc will suspend them for a certain period of time just to make sure they're medically cleared to fight uh, the next time around but that i'll tell you what that, that wasn't how it was back in the day so you had hori and gracie and art davy and they were trying to put together uh, a pay-per-view with you know all these fighters in this tournament fighting each other and here's the crazy part is that basically anything goes right so you could hit someone in the groin 
You could pull their hair. You could headbutt them. It was all legal. Anything besides eye gouging and biting, from what I understand. And you, so basically, you could basically, you could literally do anything besides eye, eye gouge and bite, right? So there's videos on YouTube, and I encourage you guys to look this up. In the early days of the UFC, people would punch each other in the nuts. They would literally just try to hit each other in the groin to, to hurt the other guys so they could go, you know, kick them in the face, and then hopefully the referee stops the fight. It was ridiculous. It was absolute anarchy. But the, uh, the show, like, turned out to be really, really popular. You know, people really liked watching it just because it was so raw. And, you know, they always had this one advertisement where it was like, one man enters the, or two men enter the octagon and one man leaves. And obviously that wasn't the case, but that's how they would advertise um, the UFC. And at the time, it wasn't even called the UFC. Uh, it was called uh, World Fighting Championship, I believe. Uh, let me check real quick. Um, yeah, what, it was actually called War of the Worlds. And uh, so that's how they would portray these fights on TV is, you know, anything goes, you could do whatever you can, you know, kick someone in the mouth when they're on the ground. And, and the, I'll tell you what, the referees were like, not even, they were non-existent. I mean, they would let anything fly. Basically, no one really knew what was going on. Um, and you could also do things like fish hook. And for those of you who don't know what fish hooking is, it's when someone takes their finger, basically puts it in your lip. Uh, or in, in the side of your cheek and will pull your face whichever way they want uh, with their finger or with their hand. Um, so obviously, this war of the worlds, this big show and, and you know this fiasco, for lack of a better term, that was on television was getting a lot of unwanted attention. And by that, I mean people like Senator John McCain was talking about how this human cockfighting can't continue and they're going to do everything they can to outlaw you know, this program because at the time, the only combat sport that people ever really watched was boxing. Nobody watched kickboxing. Nobody watched jiu-jitsu. No one really watched wrestling unless it was fake wrestling. So this was something where people were like, you know, what is going on? There's no class. There's no head movement. There's no bob and weave. Everyone's just going in there trying to kill each other. And for, you know... For the most part, that's pretty much how it went. You know, um, they called it a no-hold-barred fighting uh, contest, and that was pretty much the case. So, you know, the UFC continues on. Um, it actually gets outlawed in New York uh, in the early 2000s, I believe, because you have all these senators and, and mayors and, you know, basically these people that are just saying, listen, this is human cockfighting. This isn't right. We need to outlaw it. So it was outlawed in New York actually up until 2016, I believe. And the first event that they had there was the one where Conor McGregor knocked out Eddie Alvarez, which was pretty pretty historic. But the UFC continued to stay stay alive. Um, you know, Eventually, they added gloves because at the very beginning, there were no gloves. They didn't have anything. No gloves. Just bare knuckle. Get in there. Good luck. Um, no weight divisions. So you could go in there and fight a sumo wrestler. And a lot of people did. There's actually one particular fight that's very historic um i forget the name of the guy but he goes in there and he fight you can look it up it, you know i'll put i'll put a link in the bio on youtube um uh, a link in the bio to the youtube video of this guy he goes in there tall skinny scrawny guy and he knocks out this sumo fighter with a head kick and in the video you can clearly see the sumo fighter's tooth go flying and that was the moment, that was one of those iconic moments in the UFC's history where people were like, whoa, this skinny, you know, 180-pound guy just knocked out a 400-pound sumo wrestler. Because before that time, everyone was like, oh, well, the bigger guy's obviously going uh, to win. 
Um, but that wasn't the case. And you look at people like Hoist Gracie, he was the first real practitioner of jiu-jitsu. And he's, you know, choking guys and arm barring guys and, and doing these weird holds on them to, to 200, 250 pound dudes who are shredded. And he's just putting them to sleep. And everyone's like, what the hell's going on? Like, what is this? Because no one had seen jiu-jitsu before. So anyway, you, you progressed into the 2000s and, and 2001. And that was actually when um, the <clears throat> Fertitta brothers, who are two billionaires of Frank and Lorenzo, uh, purchased the UFC in January of 2001 and then instated Dana White. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you know who Dana White is. They instated Dana White as the acting president, and he has continued to be the president up until this point. And I'm sure he'll be the president for probably the next probably 10 to 15 years. I'm sure he loves his job. But they acquired um, the UFC in 2001, and that was when they thought, you know, this is something new, this is something exciting, people are going to like it. And the company started hemorrhaging money. I mean, they were losing millions. I believe they were $40 million in the hole um, at one point. And, you know, even with all the rules instated, like the gloves, the the rounds, you know, because even b b before they bought the UFC in 2001, there were no rounds. You would just fight until the other guy, like, passed out or, like, got knocked out. So they, they instated gloves, they instated um, rounds, you know, three five-minute rounds or five five-minute rounds uh, for a championship fight. Um, you know, everyone wore a mouth guard. Referees were more aware of what was going on. They got rid of the headbutting, got rid of the groin shots, got rid of basically everything um, that you see today. So, the, the, you know, the, the rules... Uh, in 2001, 2002 are basically what you see today, except for a few minor details. Um, but they were still losing a ton of money. You know, a, a lot of states wouldn't have uh, the event. They would outlaw it, and they banned the UFC because um, they still had that notion that this was human cockfighting and, and, you know, not really appropriate. And so you've got the UFC about $40 million in the hole, and they're looking for a way out. And so they start this television show called Tough. And Tough, uh, it just stands for The Ultimate Fighter. And it's almost like a reality show in the sense that you have two teams and they all live in a house together. And I don't know how many people exactly on each team. Let's just say 10 on each team. And they have two coaches, one of uh, both of whom are UFC fighters, and then each one gets a team. And they're in a house together and they basically just fight each other until one guy comes out on top. And the first season, The Ultimate Fighter, uh, the final fight was Stefan Bonner, Versus Forrest Griffin. And this is widely regarded as the most crucial moment in the history of the UFC. Because it was basically the fight that saved the UFC. Um, the fight was so spectacular and so dramatic. And there was so much happening. I'll also put a link in the bio uh, to this fight as well. Because I think everyone should see it to really understand the scope of what the UFC is all about. Because it really embodies the sport in, in one fight. And you know there was so much heart. And there's... A lot of technique at the beginning, but towards the end, they were so tired. They were just throwing haymakers. But that fight alone saved the sport. It got everybody's attention, and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, holy shit, like, this sport rocks. And from there, you know, the UFC continued to grow. And they had some of the best fighters in the world performing at the highest level. Guys like Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Matt Hughes, George St. Pierre, BJ Penn, um... You know, you got your Kane Velasquez, your your newer fighters, your John Jones, your Conor McGregor, and it's the fighters that really make the sport. But without the brains of the Fertitta brothers and Dana White, they you know they're the ones that came up with this idea. Okay, let's do a TV show. Maybe that'll draw more people in. 
and they're lucky it worked because, like I said, right before that that um, Ultimate Fighter season aired, they were forty million in the hole. And there's one particular story that um, the Fertitta brothers like to talk about a lot. So Lorenzo told Dana White one day, he's like, "Listen, it's not working. We bought it for you know a couple million dollars. It's clearly not working. Um, we need to get rid of it. We need to cut this project." And then the very next day, so he slept on it. The next day, he calls him up. He's like, "You know what?" Let's go through. Let's keep doing it. Let's let's hang on to it. And you know, uh, we're honestly lucky that the UFC is here today because there's so many um, obstacles and and situations where it could have gone wrong, and we wouldn't even have the sport that you know we all love to watch today. But luckily, it was able to able to power through the the obstacles that were in its way, and now it's legal in all 50 states, and they've got. Events happening in China, Sweden, Russia, England—you know, you name it—they've they've pretty much been there. They've been doing a lot of outreach, especially this this year with all the events that are happening overseas. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty much in a nutshell the history of the UFC. I'm also gonna put a link to a quick four-minute video that kind of recaps the very beginnings. But it's a very interesting thing to go check out if you're ever on YouTube at you know three in the morning and you're like, how did I get to this video? I encourage you to just you know, Google UFC origins and it'll be something really cool to check out because the fights back then arguably were some of the most exciting because they were just so ridiculous. You know, no gloves, no limit, you know, no, no, no round limits, no time limit, uh, groin shots, go ahead, headbutts, have at it. You know, (laughs) it was ridiculous. You want to pull my hair? Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, it was very, you know, very archaic at the time, you know, No gloves, bare knuckle, let's just go at it. Um, But it also made it very, very interesting, and and that's why people tuned in initially. Now we have a more developed sport where the fighters have been bred since, you know, 14, 15 years old to just be absolute killers. Um, And so, yeah, that's that's my UFC recap uh, in a nutshell. And like I said, I'm going to put those links in the bio uh, of the video. I definitely want you guys to check those out. Those will be super interesting. You won't regret watching them. Okay, now I want to get to that thing I mentioned earlier where we're talking about the uh, the debate we're having. Kevin Kelly, me, six foot three, one seventy five, play basketball like a pretty good amount. I play I play a good amount of basketball, especially during the school year. I'll probably play at least two or three times a week. Um, versus an eleven year old LeBron James Jr. Okay, first of all, he's eleven. Okay, I don't know how big LeBron James Jr. was at eleven years old, but let's just say he was like five. Th- Three, five, four. That's a pretty big eleven-year-old as it is. Okay, let's give him five, six. Let's let's give him five, six. I still have like nearly a foot on the kid, right? Nine inches. He's not gonna take a single shot inside the paint or even close to inside the three-point line because I'm just gonna block everything, right? I'm six three. I have really long arms. There's no way he's gonna get a layup in because I'll just block it. He's not gonna be faster than me. I'm twenty years old. He's eleven. Okay, when you're that age, you haven't even hit puberty yet. You just don't have the muscle and the bone density. And, like, you just don't have the physical attributes to move faster. And people are like, oh, look at LeBron James Jr. His highlights, you know, when he was 11, they're on YouTube, whatever. Okay, sure, but he's playing against other 11-year-old kids. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, this is ridiculous. You know, my, my buddy Pranav was texting our group text, and he was like, listen, Kevin would obviously beat LeBron James Jr. He's... 20 years old, 6'3", just physical attributes alone, all I'd have to do is just back him down on the post and then lay the ball up. 
There's, I don't understand how I would even come close to losing. Uh, guess what? He's not going to be able to get a single rebound unless the ball goes flying somewhere and I'm just not able to haul it in. But the odds that he could even get a rebound, that he could even get a shot off, are like next to nothing. Kid's 11 years old. Yes, okay, LeBron's son. Maybe now LeBron James Jr., 13, 14 years old, it would be a better matchup, right? But again, he's still only like 5'10". I mean, size matters, especially in a sport like basketball, you know? Um, obviously, it'd be a better competition now at his age, but an 11-year-old LeBron James, no way. You know, we're way overestimating the athletic capabilities of an 11-year-old here. I mean, there's just no chance. And I got my buddy Billy over here being like, all right, let's see what, let's see what Billy said. He goes, Kevin's not quick at all, can't shoot or dribble. First of all, False. Yes, I can shoot. Yes, I can dribble. But I wouldn't even need to be able to shoot because I would just lay it up every time. It's not. It would literally would not be hard. I ch okay. This is my official invite to LeBron James Jr. I challenge you to a one-on-one -on -one basketball game. To twenty-one, we'll go by ones and twos. Just come on over to the Babson Gym. We'll meet up whenever you, uh, when, whenever I'm available because I'm a pretty busy guy. So there's my there's my call out to LeBron James Jr. Uh, I encourage anyone to get on the podcast and argue that point with me. Um, you know, I actually really want to hear some feedback from you guys. If you could leave a comment or something on, you know, the iTunes store, on the Apple podcast, whatever, or shoot me an email um, or send me a message on Facebook. Just let me know what you guys want to hear. I know the most recent episode had a lot of debates and arguments in it, and I think that's what kind of draws attention to the podcast. So, you know, I encourage you guys, if you want to get on the podcast, you can even just give me a phone call. We can schedule time to do it because I can have the call um, wired directly into the, into the recording um, studio that I have. Uh, so we can have a debate. Um, if you just want to call in and, and we can make a podcast episode about that, it could be about anything. We could do a little LeBron versus Jordan. We could do UFC versus boxing. We could do Kevin Kelly versus LeBron James Jr. We got a lot of options here. So I just want to say thank you guys for tuning into the podcast again. I hope you really enjoyed this one. I definitely did. I love talking UFC. I love talking me versus LeBron James kids and basketball. Uh, but seriously, um, I love doing this podcast and I'm glad – uh, it's gotten a lot of reception so far. I hope everyone tunes into this episode because it's uh, definitely a good one. Um, once again, if you want to reach me, Facebook, Instagram, my emails in the description of the podcast on the main site. I should also be in the iTunes as well. Um, but feel free to leave a comment, write a review. Let me know what you want to hear. It's been great. Uh, thank you for tuning into the podcast, and I hope everybody has an awesome day. Get out there. Get to the gym. It's a beautiful day outside. And we've only got so much time before school starts. I'm sure some of you have already started, but I, I have another week. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great day.